Welcome everyone to the Holstein House podcast. I'm the West Virginia woman, Robin of RobinHolstein.com and Holstein House, where my guests get a great night's sleep at a fair rate plus breakfast. This is a podcast that looks at society and culture issues affecting families in West Virginia and the United States, from food preparation and storage, gardening, home repairs, current events, and more. We'll go around the table and back in 60 minutes or less. So let's hang out and talk a while. Well, here we go. Here we go. Turn that ticker thing off for a change. Well, I am glad to have everyone here with me today. This for the podcast is going to be episode 33, episode 33 of the Holstein House podcast premiering on Fountain. Dot FM. I'm doing a little bit of tinkering here with my display on one of my windows. <laughs> so yeah, uh, although I do use Podbean to upload the podcast, I premiered it on Fountain.fm. I promote Fountain.fm. I really enjoy the community over there. It's a very interesting and eclectic mix of uh of folks over there and um of course they participate in the value for value uh process where if you feel that i've brought value to you whether it's making you laugh making you cry making you think providing new information all kinds of different things if you feel that i've i have done that then um, i ask that you share with me in satoshi's what level of value you think I have brought to you. And I do that in return. I do that in return when I listen to other podcasts and and interact with, with others as often as possible. I do share that. <clears throat> so we're also available on the uh, on other major um, podcast apps, uh, Google, Podbean, Spotify, Amazon Music, Audible, Tune in, iHeart, Listen Notes, Player, and Samsung. And there's probably a few more because I'll go through and I'll check and I'll add whenever there's new ones available. So I hope that I say something that will prompt you to boost or clip, click the thumbs up for like, subscribe and share the, uh, the podcast and the video because we're also live streaming. So, um, kind of killing two birds with one stone (laughs) so this morning um yeah we've got we've got several things that we're going to talk about this morning um i i'm going to touch a little bit on uh stuff that's going on around here um fixing the freezer uh the garden planning um trying to flesh out a little bit of an uh, of a, a video series on how to for a small B&B or a small Airbnb uh, for those who might 
might be thinking about it or think, you know, I'd like to try that as a side hustle or an additional form of income. And um, it's really not that hard to get in. But, you know, I'm, I'm going to flesh that out a little bit. I want to talk about a story that was in the, in the news today here locally. Uh, Appalachian Power or American Electric Power is uh, pulling out of a solar program. So we'll touch on that for a little bit. Oh, and probably a few other little things as they come up or as we have time to do. And, um, you know, if uh, if any of you guys have questions, as time allows, I may answer while we're going through the uh, the live or I may come back and answer them afterwards. <clears throat> so we'll start off this morning um, with stuff going on here at home. There's not a whole lot. Um, not in any big way. We still haven't put the rails on the porch. We're, we're kind of dealing with what we want to do and what we can do. And I don't mean can as in legal and permitted and that kind of thing. What we want to do is put up a, uh, a, a, a rail and banister that is enclosed and back when the first porch would have been put in um, with the banisters and stuff from the photos that we have, it would be like a beadboard or a, a shiplap or something like that um, that would enclose it so that you couldn't see, you know, from from the spindles out. Uh, and it would be up off. Because my aunt, um, my grandmother's sister lived behind us uh, when I was growing up. And she had that kind of a, a, a porch and, you know, I kind of reminisce and we go back in our minds and I thought, you know, I, I told Mr. Holstein, I'd like to do it this way. I'd like to close that in so that you don't see people's legs. You don't see their feet. But you can see up over it, obviously, you know, when you're uh, sitting on the porch and give a little bit of privacy there. And he said, yeah, he'd like to be able to at some point, you know, screen it in so that we have a screened in front porch. But I... <laughs> I'm not able to to locate or source the materials for that to go with the composite uh, columns that we had put in. And initially, you don't think that would be an issue, but when you see the how the composite columns are done, so you've got a uh, a steel uh, post. It's a hollow post um, in the center, and it's clad by the composite shell. Uh, the decorative shell of the uh, plastic or whatever that composite's made of. And so to fasten something to it, I really should have brought, I have a couple of scrap pieces out there where they had to trim a piece uh, I, that I could have shown you. Maybe I'll do that on Friday when I do unscripted. But you've actually, you've got like a quarter inch of this composite that you're drilling through, and then you have a gap before you get to that steel um, steel internal post. So anything you fasten to that, if it's heavy, it's going to pull right back out. And so we've been trying to, you know, flesh this out in our mind. There is a type of lattice work that it's, the design is um, different. It's not the traditional cross hatched lattice. It's, it's a little different, it's still called lattice work, but it's got a different design to it that I kind of like that offers a little bit of that privacy. It wouldn't help us in the long run to put a screen 
support you in, but that wasn't going to be something that was going to happen right away anyhow. And in theory, we could still put screen on the inside of that lattice to screen out critters and mosquitoes and stuff. But um, so we're kind of in that trying to figure out, well, um, yeah, we can do it this way, but um, I'm not trying to set this up over here where I can see, but um, you know, it's, it's throwing us. I wanted the composite because I don't want to deal with rotted wood anymore. Now I'm dealing with, I'm going to have to have composite to put on it. And so we're trying to figure that out. I think it will, I think we can do it. I think it'll, it'll work. I just have to find the right, the right pattern and things for the, uh, for the, for the porch. Um, but I, th I think we can do it, but it, we haven't yet because we're, we're going through that. Um, I'm still looking for somebody to help around the house. Uh, just a, a few hours a week, couple hours at the most. Um, the I do have a lead, a lady at church, her daughter, she said she, her daughter expressed a little bit of interest when she asked her about it. So I gave her my phone number and said, give me, um, have her either call me or text me and um, and we'll talk about it a little more. And she said she would. I haven't heard from her yet, but it's only been, you know, that was just Sunday after church. So this is just Tuesday morning. I may be being a little impatient. <laughs> I kind of like to get that settled and, and move on with other things. But um, so, yeah, that there I may have somebody there. You know, I don't uh, it's hard because to bring somebody in the house to clean. I mean, you can teach anybody what you want done but to bring somebody in that you trust to leave them because at some point I'm not going to be here they're going to have access to the house to come in and, and do that while I'm not here that's a challenge that's a challenge so I you know I'm not just it's not just going to be anybody off the street that's going to be able to do this for me I'm not that particular I'm not it's not that hard uh, but it's it's a trust a trust issue you know because there's rooms in the house they're not going to be allowed in uh, my bedroom, the guest room, the basement, and I have to trust that the things that are here are going to be taken care of. So, all right, let's see. Oh, yes, I was going to talk about the refrigerator. I think I told you a couple weeks ago that we successfully unclogged the drain on the freezer side of the refrigerator freezer. And what we had to do, what was happening is that under the drawer, there's a, a large drawer at the bottom of the refrigerator freezer. And under that drawer, water was pooling during the defrost and then uh, refreezing. And so you got um, ice. And every time you pulled that drawer open, it would crack the ice. Stuff would go everywhere. Plus, it started dripping. So that as ice was advancing towards the drawer, there'd be a little bit you know, uh, or not the ice, but the water, when it was defrosting, the water was not draining properly. So it would start pooling and a little bit of that dampness would seep through the seal. And then you'd start getting little puddles on the floor. And so what we were able to do, um, 
Mr. Holstein was able, we took the, the big drawer out of the bottom and a couple of the shelves out and, you know, put the stuff in the cooler and while we were doing this, turned it off and uh, he used heat. He took, there's a panel in the back there that covers the coils for the defrost. And so he took that panel off, exposed those coils, and then you could see the drain. So the drain was frozen over, which obviously meant something either was either stuck in it or just a combination of things had happened that caused it to freeze over. So we used, he used heat on it like a hairdryer. And we used a turkey baser to pull the, the water off of it and up out of the drain as it would as it would thaw down in the drain and then at one point you couldn't you couldn't get any further with the the heat and so we were using warm warm water to drizzle down in and then suck it back out you know so anyway it came loose enough it started draining we flushed it with warm water and it's been um oh what did i have figured up nine days I think nine days since we did that and there's no sign of water pooling in the bottom at all again so I think we've got that fixed and I'm so glad so glad that he understands how to do it and where to check even for things like that because uh, it could have been you know we could have scrapped that thing put it out outside and left it thinking it wasn't worth keeping in here and then spent the money for a new refrigerator freezer which is not cheap if you can get one and if you can get one with just the very basics i mean i don't want one that talks to me and tells me what's in the refrigerator i don't need a virtual window to peek in my refrigerator <laughs> sorry that's the height of laziness it's the height of laziness if you have to have a refrigerator tell you what's in it because you're too lazy to open the door and somebody will say oh but you don't have all that heat getting in you open the door you close the door you're not standing there shopping in your refrigerator it, it, you know, so I get some of the arguments, but still, it's lazy. It's lazy. You're not increasing your utility bill enough to rationalize spending that kind of money, in my opinion, on a high-power, highfalutin, internet-connected refrigerator. It's There's just no need for it. Just no need for it at all. So we saved that. Uh, the refrigerator we bought anyway was it was scratch and dent um and it was a clearance model so we got a lot of discounts on it from the box store that we bought it from and uh, they tore the box when they delivered it so we almost didn't take it so they called the manager and, and refunded us a, about 25 extra bucks on top of all the other things that we got uh because we did couldn't guarantee that it wasn't damaged just bringing it to us we knew it had a scratch on the surface you know we knew that but this, this uh, a fork truck had, had poked through the box that they shipped it in. You know, so it wasn't in a box when we bought it on the floor at the box store. They boxed it up, sent it over, and somebody poked a hole in it. But anyway, there was no additional damage done to it. We've had it for, we've been here a little over six years now, I think, six. Yeah, and we it's the refrigerator we put in the house when we moved over. So, yeah, it's done. It's done a great job. And I was glad to get that cleared out. So, so far, nine days, nothing. And if it had um, clogged back up, I would probably have known by now, just based on the uh, amount of water and ice that would accumulate after I would get it out of there. So after I would get it out of there, it wouldn't take but a couple of days that I could notice that there was uh, a buildup under there and that drawer was hanging up a little bit. 
So an hour's worth of work to save us the cost of a brand new refrigerator. I'll take that all day long. So this Friday, the third of my short series of three videos on uh, my book, uh, Super Meal Ideas for Tight Budgets, How to Feed Your Family on $10 a Day, uh, drops here on the YouTube. And um, I think it's like after midnight, a few minutes after midnight, it's going to drop. And it's based on the ebook. Well, let me do a little gratuitous promotion here. And I have mine printed. You could print it if you if you ordered it. Um, it's based on the ebook that I put together. It's a recipe book, and these are all soup-based meals. Some of them are very simple, like the uh, the breakfast video that I did to show you, just to use some fiesta nacho uh, cheese soup, like a tablespoon. Well, if you're doing it for a whole family, it's it's a lot, it's more than that. But like if you're just doing it for yourself, it'd be like two eggs and a tablespoon of uh, Fiesta Ranch nacho cheese soup and scramble that up, mix that up together, throw it in the pan, scramble it up and serve it with a couple slices of bacon and some toast. And it is delicious. And then the, uh, the second video was um, actually using the same soup because I wasn't gonna waste the, uh, the can. And I added it to uh, equal amount of tomato soup to make a, um, a um, oh darn it, I went past. I'm at, it's just, it's soup. It's a cheesy tomato soup. I'm just looking for the, for the recipe to, to show you. Um, breakfast, breakfast, lunch, tomato and cheese soup. Here it is. It's a lunch recipe, tomato and cheese soup. Very good. Serve it with some croutons, some, some, uh, chopped up bacon pieces it's it's really good too and uh, there are seven breakfasts and seven lunch recipes and seven dinner recipes in here so there's 21 total recipes all different now the one that's going to drop friday is bean bacon and burger and this is a a sandwich meal made with um bean with bacon soup and some hamburger uh and some, well uh, chopped with some ground beef and and um, a few other spices and things and it in here I have in in this I have served it on and uh, in, in the video I've served it on an English muffin because that's what I had and you know if you are buying English muffins you're buying a package of six you may have some left over you may not eat them all you know, you know so you use what you've got and um, I think it, oh, I had a side of sprouts in the in the uh, recipe book because at the time I was putting all these recipes together, I cooked them all, I plated them all or bowled all of them, I I garnished all of them, I took my own photos, the whole thing I I did the whole thing. So um, some of them have uh, sides of sprouts because at the same time I was doing some sprouts sprouts in jars here in the house and uh, bean sprouts and mung beans and um, rat, radishes, yeah, radish sprouts and just several different things, salad mix sprouts and stuff that I showed as a serving suggestion on the side. But, you know, you can, obviously it's your kitchen, you can serve them with whatever you want. But the, um, but the ebook was put together and it's available on Etsy and there's a link in the description here uh, for the Etsy shop. 
it's it's on Etsy for five dollars. Uh, it was originally created to help a friend of mine who has um, she manages a it's kind of a halfway house woman's shelter set up for adult women who um, are struggling to get back on their feet. And um, these women have few skills in the kitchen and they're going to go out when they leave her program, they're going to go out with almost no money and, you know, trying to, and perhaps no transportation. So they're going to be, you know, having to, to buy perhaps bus passes or pay an Uber or, or a link or whatever. So they're, they're, the cash available for their groceries is going to be very, very limited. So I designed these. They are not gluten-free. They are not low sodium. They're not low fat. These are cheap, easy meals for people who are struggling. Okay. That's what they are. And, um, Again, it, you can buy it on um, Etsy, and if you'd like to have it, you can. I've got a couple of videos there to uh, go over the three: a breakfast, a lunch, and a dinner. And the breakfast and lunch are already out on the YouTube, and the dinner one drops on Friday. So, I hope you will take a look at that and consider buying it. Uh, it's not that expensive, and it, it, it's got some good information in it. It's got a little more than just the recipes in it. It's got some conversion charts. It's got a shopping list. It's got a price comparison uh, page where I've, um, I've shown you what I paid. Now, these are October of 2022 prices because that's when I bought stuff to put everything together to do it. And so you'll see the price of brand name soups compared to store brand soups. And that was another way to help them understand, you know, uh, and, and it's not that they're dumb. It's just that they may not have thought these things, you know, store brand is usually ha sometimes half the cost. And if you're that tight with your money, if it's really that hard, you, you need to know, you need to know those percentages. So I hope you'll take a look at those videos and uh, I don't know if I've got a playlist set up for those or not. I may have to make a playlist and put in there for those um, so they're easier to find. I don't have a tremendous amount of videos on YouTube. I do have a couple of playlists. Mm, I might do another one. I might do another one for that. But yeah, Friday recipe will be, it's a, it's a dinner meal. It's a dinner sandwich. It's very hearty. Mr. Holstein loved it. I served it to him a couple weeks ago uh, when I was doing the video. And he said, I could eat a couple more of those. So that was high compliments, high compliments. Being bacon and burger sandwich. Alrighty now, let's see. Let me remind you, friends, if you are listening to me on one of the podcasts, one of the Value for Value Network podcasts, remember, uh, if you found me on Fountain, I'm on Fountain, and I hope you'll boost clip and share with all your friends and, and your followers and let them know I'm out there and the kinds of things that I, I share with you. And uh, if, you're, if you're catching the live stream or even a replay, uh, I hope you will like you know, do the, do the little thing and, um, and subscribe and uh, share so that, uh, so that we can stay in, stay in touch. How's it Barbara Walters used to say, we'll be in touch. So you be in touch or <laughs> something like that. 
So talking about a few goals that I had for this year, I, you know, and I think I mentioned before and probably ad nauseum, uh, the, the ham uh, technician license, there is a class coming up, a uh, one of those crash course things, you know, study with us in the morning and take your test in the afternoon. Uh, coming up in February, I am um, planning to attend. It's a first come first serve. So it's entirely possible that I show up and there's no seats available. So that's the plan. It's coming up on the 25th, and they advised to get the um, FRN number, and I went ahead and I took care of that. So uh, other than taking a little bit of cash to, to pay for the exam itself, uh, I think I'm in good shape for that. I'll keep listening to the audiobook um, to help me um, because I, I know there's just, it's going to be hard. I mean, these groups, um, I don't want to say they, you know, they teach to the test, but they teach to the test. <laughs> They are, they're in, they're interested in seeing that you achieve your technician's license. Do I want to get my general? Yes. Is it going to be offered that same day? I don't know. If it is, I'm going to take it. Uh, even if I don't pass it, I'm going to go ahead and take it. The roof on the uh, lovingly named doghouse, which is not a four-legged doghouse. It was kind of like a man cave at one time. Still slightly delayed, partially now because of the weather. It's been nothing but rain forever, and there's um, nobody going to do that in the rain. Getting in more guests. We're working on the plan there. I do have a few more things out there. I do need to open the calendar up a little more, a little differently. I've got it blocked right now so that the weekends have to be a two-night stay. Uh, that's because through the holidays, I wanted I felt that I needed to insist that these people weren't just fly by night. I, if I was going to have my holiday time taken up uh, with a guest, it needed to be, you know, folks that are going to be here because, excuse me, I got the hiccups again, because what you have when you have the one night stays is you have one person, you know, they come in, they're gone by nine, you've got to get that room turned over, you've got to get all the bed linens changed, you've got to get the, the room disinfected, you've got to get it cleaned up, all the trash out, and everything associated with your previous guest out of there, you've got to scrub the, the bathtub and everything so that the next guests come into a fresh room. I'm okay with that in general most of the time. Uh, around the holidays, I kind of rather have somebody that's going to be here, so if they're going to come in, they need to stay two nights. I need to open that up. Uh... My notary stamp, uh, last week we talked, and the notary stamp came in the mail. Yes, U.S. Postal Service mail That later that morning, because our mail runs around 11 or noon, depending on if it's this regular guy or some somebody that's not familiar with the route. Um, so, yeah, I was very glad to have it. I was very upset that it came by the post office, because I had, like I shared with you before, I had paid to have that expedited. And it wasn't. So now that I have it, I am working on getting the um, bond and the background check and all those things renewed um, so that I can I can hit the ground again, uh, because a lot of the more reputable places have already sent me emails saying, hey, your stuff's expiring. You got to get this taken care of. So uh, we need to get that done and get some cash flowing for that. Uh, moving my stuff to the cloud, off the cloud. I haven't done that yet. I need to get a um, one of those um, uh, towers for US for USB sticks because I have a bunch of those. I have a bunch of those. 
I haven't done it yet. So you probably heard Cindy growling, or may you not have heard Cindy growling. Cindy, my oldest cat, the oldest pet that we have now, regardless of the fact that um, Betty and Bob were rescues and adult rescues, she is the oldest, even with their age. Um, she's about 15. She is an American blue, or um, some people just call them a gray cat. She's not a thoroughbred. She wasn't bred for that. She's an alley cat. She was an orphan. Her mother um, ran off and left her. <laughs> I think maybe she dropped her or hadn't come back after her or whatever. But I've had her since she was about six weeks old. But she has a condition with her tail. And some people read about it. You may or may not. But she'll sit there and growl and swat at her tail. And it has to do a combination of she has a, a crook in her tail. I mean, it, it just is like at a 45 degree which she has probably had the tip end of that tail broken. So from time to time, she'll swat at her tail. We think it's a little bit of arthritis and a little bit of a, a nervous, um, I've already forgotten the name of it now, um, but it's a, a firing of the nerve endings, kind of like neuralgia in, in people that uh, aggravates her. And of course, she's a cat. She doesn't know what the problem is. She just knows that her tail's bothering her. And so she growls at it and you might have heard her just now. That's why I was kind of looking over kind of hard because she, she was hissing and carrying on. Okie dokie. I'm sorry when you hear me breathe, in, inhale like that. I I try not to do it, but I catch myself doing it all the time. Taking a deep breath through my nose and you hear it. It's kind of gross, isn't it? <laughs> the garden. Okay, there's nothing going on with the garden right now. The garden is is still i mean it's too early to plant it's too wet to plow i mean it's just a mess out there today we woke up and it was 47 outside but it was sleet and freezing rain and that was at four o'clock this morning so i want to clarify that because the temperature has been all over the place since then uh they had forecasted last night we'd have a half to an inch of snow we didn't get that this morning it just says rain now on the forecast with possible flurries this afternoon but it was um slick in spots mr holstein texted me when he got to work he'll do that especially on uh, days when the weather's really bad because he knows i worry and i don't want to i don't want to be dinging him while he's driving so he'll get once he gets in and gets settled and uh gets their morning conversations going or over with their work he'll message me and say i did make it you know the roads were fair the birds were bad or whatever he said he hit a couple of slick spots today out around Ripley he didn't have any trouble I mean he didn't slide or anything but he did say that it was a little slick so but he made it in to work just fine and the drive home I think should be fine for him so I'm glad about that but the garden you see um, I've pretty well resigned myself that my container garden is going to have to go in an area that I absolutely don't want it and you'd think well it's a container garden put it anywhere no you still got to have the right amount of daylight. You got to have the right amount of rain. And the best place since I've been here has been right off my, uh, off the kitchen, which you'd think, oh, that's great. You can see it. Yeah, but I had other plans for that area. Um, I wanted to put a little gazebo out there and do some stuff with it. So it's going to, because of the way the houses and the shade and the shadows and things and, and the direction the sun comes up and all those things that you need to consider, especially in a suburban garden like what mine's going to be, suburban um, 
container garden. It's going to have to be back there. And I really didn't want to do that. I wanted to put the gazebo back there. But if, you know, here's the priority. Is, is, it, is it more of a priority to have my garden with some fresh vegetables and stuff? I mean, it's not going to be enough of a garden to put up, you know, 52 weeks worth of food. I'll still be supplementing store-bought and I'll still be supplementing farmer's market and that kind of stuff. But to have some fresh foods of our own, you know, to have the garden to, to keep my skills up because that's another reason we do our own gardens to keep our skills up. Is it is that the priority or is getting a gazebo out there that might get used on occasion, even if it is cash money, part of the B&B, &B, part of a an event maybe, you know. Uh, you know, it probably wouldn't be in place this year anyway because I want to get the doghouse roof on. I want to get some work done on the on it structurally and get it going. I think I can forego that for another season and have my container garden back there. I do need to make a trip to the local feed store, which is actually not, well, it's local, depending on how you look at it. Um, it's about 15 minutes in Charleston, and I'd have to drive to town. So it's 15, 18 miles, um, after, you know, because it's about 15 to the technical center of town, and then you got to get off, you got to drive around. So anyway, 15 to 18 miles to get some uh, soil, because the soil that I got last year, I don't have enough property and stuff with my chickens to make enough soil to do a, a, a garden. I just don't. It's just a matter of math. And um, I, I, the stuff that I got last year was, was trash. It really was trash. My plants didn't even try to grow. It was really bad. Even And before, even in the spot where they were, they tried to grow. <laughs> but they didn't even last year. It was a nightmare. So I need to do that. Uh, I did check with my almanac. Our last um, frost, uh, you know, when you look at the last day expected of frost is around April 23rd. And like my tomatoes, like these, uh, these are actually, these are Roma seeds. Um, they say start indoors about six weeks before the last anticipated frost date. That bumps me back, and just a, a, a mental note puts me around St. Patrick's Day. So I need to have these things started by St. Patrick's Day. Well, that's just a few weeks away. Um, this is the, it, it's, it's, it's uh, tomorrow's the 1st of February, and St. Patrick's Day is the 17th of March. So you figure all of February, and so we're talking, you know, six weeks before I can, before I start them but I still need I still need to plan this because I can't just up and go <laughs> my calendar doesn't let me do that so it's um it's a challenge sometimes to to get those things together oops what I do there so uh, let's see where was I um oh yeah St. Patrick's Day so I have I'm gonna have to think I'm gonna have to plan out and and just firm up what I am. I'll, I'll grow beans. I'll grow tomatoes. I'll probably grow kale. Kale, I think, can go out in the ground sooner because it's a cold weather crop. I've had some really good luck with kale in the past. I've had some, 
I've had some plants that lasted all year long. It got really huge and they were really good. I love them. I love kale. But I'll have to get that planned up pretty soon. Oh, I, I want to do a series of, this is on the uh, the, the B&B, on Holstein House, the B&B. I want to do a series of about 10 videos on um, how to start your B&B from your home. And I need to do that outline. I, I have it in my mind. I need to commit it to computer screen or paper on you know some of the things that people are hesitant to do uh, but think you know I kind of I think I would like to um, start a B&B &B, but you know I've just got the house and what am I going to do I don't have a I don't have a glitzy ritzy uh, camp to for, for somebody to go glamping I don't have a, a fancy um, uh, an unattached building, you know, that people can stay in. It doesn't, ha you don't have to have all that. There are people at all income levels with uh, all amount of money to spend. Some don't have much. I have a lot of students that come through that don't have a lot of money, so they, they will stay because they know it's safe. They know it's clean. They know it's reasonably priced. And, um, then I have some folks who are a little higher end, not uh, not necessarily the glamping type, but you know they're just kind of into that lifestyle. Maybe they like to to hike and they they can't find a place to stay that they want, you know, and they're or they're into, you know, the um, just the lifestyle that a lot of folks associate with an Airbnb. Uh, and it's quick and it's easy to find or they're they know they're traveling through and it's just a quick easy stop and they don't trust perhaps some of the uh, hotels off the off the tree there's a lot of there's a big range of people who are interested in uh, staying at at, a, at an Airbnb type establishment um, you know that might be willing to stay where you are. So I want to address the t you know top 10 questions and concerns and I want to share how I decided to go ahead and 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 do that and um, and set mine up and some of the things some of the challenges I had and some of the things that that I've had to deal with and um, So that if you, you know, if, if somebody else wants to do to help guide them through, because, you know, it doesn't have to be, I heard somebody that I listen to a lot say, you know, you don't want an Airbnb where grandma's sitting in the corner. Well, grandma's not sitting in the corner, even though it is in, a, in my house. You have a private room. You're not sharing. There's, an, there's a John Wayne movie, um, Rooster Cogburn. excuse me, Rooster Cogburn. I think technically it's called Rooster Cogburn and the Lady. But there's a scene where, you know, the a young girl who's looking for the person who killed her father, she's going to avenge his death, and she hires Rooster Cogburn to find him and all that. 
anyway, so she stays at a boarding house and the lady shows her a room and says she has to share a bed with grandma. <laughs> and she says, well, I guess my room is half right then, right? Because I have to share. And the the mistress of the boarding house is like, <laughs> it's kind of funny. But there's no grandma sharing the room with you. There might be the ghost of grandma past. But I've thought about that. I've thought about seeing if there's a, a story associated with the house that would be good to promote. Like, you know, because when you walk through the room, a door might pop open. Well, it's not a ghost that's causing that. It's, it's the floor. <laughs> but you, you can say, you know, if the ghost of so-and-so is in the room, they may cr crack that door when you're least expecting it. So <laughs> people, I did, I had a girl stay here and her mother. Uh, they came from, um, oh shoot, was it Nevada? I think it was Nevada. And she came, it was this, I, I don't know who did her route planning, but it was the strangest. They flew into Pittsburgh to drive down here to stay with me to drive out to Point Pleasant, which was the most roundabout way you could ever to go to the Mothman Festival because she was fascinated. And she looked at me serious as a heart attack and said, are there any ghosts in this house? I love ghosts. I'm like, no. <laughs> so that, I think that would be fun. Oh, let's see. I need to, oh. But I'm, I'm going to do, I'm going to do that. Sorry for that dead air there. I'm going to do that. I had originally wanted it to, to um, kick off in February, but I think I'm going to bump that to February and March, to March and April instead of February and March. And, um. I, I, I can't I can't get my schedule settled enough to add that layer in yet. Um, some people might say, well, that's an excuse not to get something done. <laughs> Maybe, but it's it's actually it's it's more about real life. Um, you know, if I didn't have to do it here from the house, if, I, if it wasn't from home per se, if I had a studio or or someplace not associated with the house to do these things, it might be a little easier. But, uh, you know, I live here, I work here, we've got stuff going on here, and it's just me most of the time. Well, me and the dogs and the cats and the chickens and the ducks. And um, I, so anything, anything that, you know, like right now I've got a cat at my feet that wants me to let her out. Well, I'm not going to let her out. If the dogs start barking because somebody comes to the door, then there's a disruption. And there's always, there's nothing you can stop. Now, if I wasn't here, and the cat wanted out, it wouldn't get out. And if the dogs barked, it wouldn't be a big deal. And somebody come to the door, they'd go away. But it doesn't work that way in real life. So, uh, you know, we've, I was talking in the uh, in the Telegram group the other day, uh, and when I should have been doing something else, but it was not long before I went to bed, so I felt like I could I could do that and unwind a little bit. But we were kind of talking about exercise, diet, and exercise. And one of the final things that I said, and, and it wasn't that I was saying this, and this is the end of this discussion. It wasn't that kind of a comment. It was just the last, one of the last things I said in that group before I, um, this is the cat that's aggravating me. This is Aby. Aby wants out. And Aby will aggravate me until I let her out. Aby Lincoln, because she came to me from Lincoln County, West Virginia. She's a good girl. But she can be in my way sometimes. And her claws are sharp. 
but so it was it wasn't that it was the final and I'm not going to discuss this anymore it was one of the last things that I said before I signed off for the night and um, it was I've come to know myself well enough that and, and in this case we were talking about exercise that if I'm going to exercise at home it's not going to happen uh, the dogs are going to interrupt me the phone's going to ring the laundry's going to want to be done um, I'm going to need to vacuum and clean and just stuff and a lot of people can compartmentalize and, and shut that off and focus strictly on an exercise routine I can't I can't it's just not in me to do um So it's just, I need, I need to work on that and I need to schedule it out and I need to schedule it when there's no dentist appointments, no doctor's appointments, no tests, no events, no Bible study, no church, no all of these things so that I can get it done. And I know, you know, some of you guys out there, some of you homesteaders out there are thinking, I don't want anybody coming. I don't want an Airbnb. Why would you want, you don't want anybody to see your stuff, but people aren't seeing as far as uh, my pantry and stuff people don't get to see that I mean I don't give them a tour of the house uh, they get they get to see their room and they see the downstairs they don't get to see the basement they don't get to see the outbuild buildings they don't I don't tour them through the property it's not like that so um, and I've been with Airbnb since 2017 I've I've you know I've seen a few things and I've I've got a little experience so I think I could share that and um, and I think there's some people out there that would like to like to see that on this smaller scale, not that grand, crazy, you know, glamping life scale. Don't forget, by the way, um, we're coming up on 10 minutes till February is my birthday month. Speaking of B&B uh, and a direct book code for my direct book guests, the promotional code is BD as in birthday 10. And you will get 10% off the regular room rate if you book direct. That does not work with Airbnb. I have no discounts with Airbnb. Airbnb gets enough money from me. Um, I don't, you know, and they get enough of your money. Because actually, it's your money. If you're booking through Airbnb, it's all your money. So there's not two different levels of, of monies coming out. They just make you think it is. It's all your money. So, uh, you, you know. I encourage people to direct book. You can go to Holstein. I keep doing that, but I don't have the page up yet. RobinHolstein.com. And in the menu, find Holstein House. And then when you go to book the room, direct book, not Airbnb, but because there's links to both, pay attention. Uh, use that discount code BB10, and you'll get an additional 10% off. You also... By direct booking, you'll also get an option uh, for the chocolate and coffee stay package. You can use the discount code along with that. Airbnb uh, reservations don't get that. And the chocolate and coffee package is good till the end of March. The birthday 10% off is only good to the end of February. So here's a loaded question. 10 minutes left into the, into the podcast. Here's a loaded question. What vehicle, whether it was a car, truck, or bicycle, motorcycle, was your first after getting your driver's license? Now, it could be your parents because, you know, most of us were getting our licenses in high school and 
most of us weren't going out and buying our own vehicle, or at least the people I was around with wasn't. Um, the folks that had to buy their own vehicle tended not to get their license until after they had it rebuilt and souped up and probably ticketed for not having a license. But, um, the first, um, not in the world, the first vehicle you drove or you had after you got your driver's license. Mine was a 1971 Ford Pinto. Yep, a 1971 Ford Pinto. My dad had bought it for a, um, a work car. And once I got my license, it was a manual shift, and it was that weird mustard yellow looking stuff. But he painted it. He painted it a really sweet metallic blue because dad could do that stuff. And um, he had air spray and all that stuff. And he, he hosed everything down so the dust wouldn't be flying. I mean, it was a sweet, sweet car. He, he really did a good job on the paint. But uh, a 1971 Ford Pinto manual shift. Um, and I once I got my driver's license, until the day I moved, I got on the Greyhound bus and headed out to Fort Sill, Oklahoma to meet my husband as then we moved to Fort Hood, Texas, um, I, I drove that car. I drove it. And I got a job to put gas in it. And my sister would get gas at a gas station that um, my dad's um, uh, welding shop had an account on. So she'd go over there so she didn't have to fork out any money. But I, I didn't do that. <laughs> I know I sound like a goody two-shoes. But I, honestly, I didn't. I went and I started working my first job, uh, real job was at Wendy's in the polyester zip-up blue and white striped uh, uniform with the uh, headscarf. The girls had a headscarf we had to wear. It was awful. There's a picture of me in that uniform somewhere. Um, but he, he, dad didn't buy it new. He bought it from a relative uh, back around, I want to say 79, 78 or 79 during the period of time when we we were going through the um the oil oil embargo when the uh Iranian revolution was going on um that was under president Jimmy Carter i don't remember a lot i don't remember firsthand a lot about that oil embargo i know that um west virginia tech was a internationally acclaimed um school of engineering and it was in montgomery west virginia and my, who, who, at the time it was my boyfriend, but it was my first husband, was taking um, classes at Tech to, for mining engineering. And there was a, just a ton of Iranian students up there taking engineering classes. And they worked everywhere. Of course, we had a large population. We had, you just wouldn't believe the amount of stuff that we used to have here. Um, and then when that happened, when that revolution in Iran was happening, they pulled all those students out of here, not just here, but the United States. And it was the beginning of the death of the city of Montgomery. And Montgomery, even today, 45 years later, hasn't really recovered from that. Um, you know, now I, I have, since that time, I've been able to, you know, read up a little bit on the history of what was going on there. But um, at the time, I didn't, I didn't really know. I just knew suddenly there was a lot less people in the area. And, uh, but I had other things going on, you know, I was, I was young and in love and would eventually be getting married and moving to Texas. 
So, but since then, yeah, I've, I've, I've learned a little bit about the Revolutionary War over in Iran and, and the effects on the United States economy. It was really, really amazing. And I, I, I assume the world economy, I really haven't thought about it much since then until I started thinking about that car and what was going on and why dad had it and all that stuff. So. And speaking of energy, um, I don't take the local newspaper anymore. It's a Democrat leaning, not just leaning. I mean, it's like one of the planks <laughs> of the Democrat party. Um, I, I don't take the paper anymore, but there was a headline and I could read the, I can read the headline and then you click and it says you got to subscribe and I don't subscribe to it anymore. But so American Electric Power and Wheeling Power have changed their mind on a solar project. Uh, almost a year to the day, Appalachian Power, along with Wheeling Power, submitted two filings to the Public Service Commission of West Virginia requesting approval and cost recovery for multiple renewable energy projects. Customers who purchased renewable energy uh, from those projects one of them, which was a solar project, would do so through a proposed renewable power plus tariff. Um, the tariff aimed primarily at attracting larger companies with environmental, uh, with ESG needs, environmental social governance needs, while providing a stable, reasonable cost renewable solution for all existing customers. It was anticipated that the cost of the renewable projects would be paid by subscribing customers and further offset by the cost of service benefits produced by the renewable projects. Now, that that I just read, that paragraph that I just read, came from the AEP website, a link which is in the uh, show notes uh, in the description at the bottom, last year. Last year. The language about ESG, environmental, social, and governance, that's their language, okay? In today's headline in the Charleston Gazette, a publication which, like I said, I don't subscribe, uh, AEP announced that they have pulled that program because it is no longer, wait for it, no longer economically viable. Appalachian Power and Wheeling Power walked away from the Berkeley County Solar Project. Now, like I said, I can't read the whole story because I don't subscribe to that newspaper. And I did a, I did some quick research, which Google. I love how people will Google something. I did some research. Like they actually went to the library, cracked a few books, spent a few hours looking stuff up, comparing and contrasting and tallying stuff up. I did some research. The research that I did, and you know, you did a Google research, you did a Google search or any other of those, whether it's Google or whatever, Microsoft, what is it, Edge or um, Firefox or whoever. It's just, you do that and you read some of the things that it throws up at you instead of going in. But in, just never mind. Um, but anyway, I can't read the story because I, I, I couldn't find it anywhere else. So it must be a um, an exclusive as of right now. I'm sure it'll break loose you know, as the day goes and as the week goes. But right now, I think it must be an exclusive. And in the process of trying to share the fact that we were going live today, um, I find out that Hootsuite, which is a um, uh, 
it's a, it's a social media program that allows you to populate more than one account. So like I could uh, populate a couple different Twitter accounts, uh, a YouTube account, an Instagram account, LinkedIn, all, and, and several different ones, obviously for a fee, with um, posts. I can pre-schedule them and those kind of things. It's going away. The free version is going away for Hootsuite. I had a message in my box that it's going away March the 31st. So when I started with Hootsuite, way back, uh, you had you got a couple of accounts free. Then I subscribed to, uh, it wasn't unlimited, but I think it was up to five accounts for $5. Then they introduced a couple of different tiers, and I stuck with the one I had because I didn't didn't have any need for any additional and then I got a message a couple years ago that we've done a, that Hootsuite had done away with the grandfathered five dollar plans and you're going to pay 60 bucks for what you're doing now I I only got burned with that a couple times before I remembered to disconnect that went back to the free version now apparently Hootsuite's doing away with the free version and so I'll be doing away with Hootsuite I, di I don't need it I don't I don't need to spend more money on stuff you know subscription stuff. Twitter now has the, uh, uh, which you couldn't do before, the ability to schedule posts. So I can go, I don't know how far out. It's not real easy to do, but it can be done. Um, I can schedule posts out for a month. So if there's things like every Monday is Monday, I could put, you know, six weeks of Mondays up there and pre-schedule them, they'll automatically populate. So goodbye, Hootsuite. Fly away, little bird. Again, I haven't watched much sports ball this season, but I am aware that the Eagles and the Chiefs are in the Super Bowl, and I don't really care either way which team wins. But I'm going to root for the Eagles because they're closer. Geographically, it is a 12-hour drive to Kansas City, and it is an 8-hour drive to Philadelphia. Therefore, I will root for Philadelphia. Um, I haven't done a whole lot with Bitcoin. Uh, I've got a, I still need to get the wallet. I, there's still a couple things I've got to do, and I'm just overwhelmed. I had a Zoom meeting yesterday with a person experienced in church church planting that our district superintendent for my church suggested um, that I or recommended it wasn't really wasn't like you need to talk to this person it's this person may be good for you to talk to uh, on church planning and revitalization I had a zoom meeting yesterday with this person um, I had trouble with my camera the camera on this laptop did not want to cooperate with zoom I don't know if it was the um, If it was the, uh, if it was Google, if it was Zoom, if it was the camera, I don't know. It just, it didn't want to work. But it was okay because we were able to talk still yet just the same. Um, and the, and it went fine with the, overall it went fine. the clock it's off a little bit again it's off about three minutes um he validated my desire to uh get keep keep the church open uh he verified my concerns and you know 
that there's a lot of churches in our area dealing with the same kind of things. He had a couple ideas of, of trying to reach out to the community more and think, but they're kind of the same kind of things we were doing pre-COVID. But I had more physical bodies to help me um, pre-COVID than I do now. And um, so I don't want to say he didn't, he didn't tell me anything I didn't already know, but I kind of already knew it. And we tried it a few, but we haven't tried it this year. Is it going to be different this year? And at what point do I say, this isn't going to work? And I, 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 I'm not hearing the Lord tell me this isn't going to work. Or I don't know still yet. So it was kind of a helpful conversation. It kind of, I'm still where I was. So I, I was really, my biggest thing is some live bodies to help me um, prime this pump. I just some people to help me get this thing moving. And once it gets moving, I think it can become self-sustaining. I, I don't know that. But at this point, I really don't. And he did say, maybe you need to pose the question, what does the community look like if our church isn't there? And I said, that's the question I don't want to ask. And he said, yeah. And I, I get it. I get it. So what what does the Diamond community look like without the Diamond United Methodist Church? Does anybody care? Other than me and a couple other people? Amy, you're aggravating me to death. She wants out. I don't know. I, I don't know if I want to go there or not. Uh, maybe I expected too much from the conversation with him. Maybe I'm expecting too much overall. It's just something that I hate to... I just hate to let it go. I don't, I don't know. But I'll stop there. I'm running just a tad off time. Uh, if you don't forget, if you're traveling to or through West Virginia along the West Virginia Turnpike, Interstate 6477, um, consider staying with us. If you need a spot to stay, uh, just, out, just outside of Charleston, about 15 miles east of Charleston, and, uh, you know, direct book, uh, you can use Airbnb. There's no problem with using Airbnb. If you're more comfortable sub um, subscribing, heaven's sakes, uh, booking the room through Airbnb, feel free. I, I don't diss Airbnb. I just know you can save more money if you direct book. But it's okay. If you like that security that some of the Airbnb um, program uh, insurances and uh, cancellation policies and things like that offers, more power to you. Come on, <laughs> just come on and stay if you want to. Uh, at least look into it. Go to robinholstein.com and um, go to the menu and find Holstein House and just look into it and see see what you think. Or where I'm on Facebook too, Holstein House on Facebook. So you can look there as well. Uh, I do offer some discounts if you want to pay with uh, Bitcoin. You know, just reach out to me and let me know. Before I go, I want to give a give a shout out to HJ again, uh, 600 bucks since the last time I, 600 bucks, 600 Satoshis since the last time I mentioned uh, uh, anybody and your, your Frostnos, a uh, thousand, always greatly appreciated. I just absolutely love it. I need to remember to put my sound effect in there. I didn't do that the last couple of times and I'm sure you missed it. I know you missed it. I can tell you missed it. <laughs> Your continued support while I stumble through this 
thing they call live stream and podcast is greatly appreciated. Um, I premiered on the Fountain Network, and if you found me there, and I hope you'll boost, I hope you found something worthy of clipping, and I hope you will share it with your friends and uh, associates and, and subscribe, and if I bring you value, I hope you will share value in return. So that's it. I'm going to call it a day, and we will see you probably Friday for Unscripted. See you then. Bye. So there you have it. Post your comments, do all that boosting, liking, sharing, thumbs up, and stuff that helps spread the word and poke the algorithms. Follow me on most of the big social media platforms and look for my name, Robin Holstein, or Holstein House. Till next time, bye-bye.